With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Choice Hotels. Econo Lodge and Roadway Inn Hotels are serving up double points for every qualifying stay. Book at choicehotels.com. Now, here's the man who's been recognized as radio's best. The recipient of not one, but two prestigious Marconi Awards for his broadcast excellence. The one and only, Bill Cunningham. All right, Billy Cunningham, the great American. So much going on, so little time. And uh, believe it or not, the first uh, Republican uh, debate primary opponents will be in about five weeks something like uh, august the 23rd in iowa and uh, the republicans are setting up numerous debates to have between now and uh, january and february of next year of course january remains iowa the caucuses and the democrats have set up no debates they don't want any debates they're praying to god that donald trump is the nominee of the Republican Party, in which case they can run another 2020 campaign against the Trumpster, most likely win. And uh, that's the way it's set up. And uh, I've done some appearances on Sean Compton's News Nation, which I will continue to do. Uh, it's a great up-and-coming news uh, network doing great work. And uh, I think several of the Republican candidates in the field would easily beat Joe Biden. Of course, if it's Donald Trump, it's going to be a dogfight between the Trumpster and Joe Biden. And if the American people had good sense, they put Trump back in office. But I, the polling seems to indicate it would be a tight race. But what happens is that Donald Trump completely unites the Democratic Joe Biden coalition, while the other GOP candidates would not. His special superpower is that he's the only Republican who would unite and rally the Democratic base and drive independents away from the Republican Party. And he keeps the Biden coalition together, assuming Joe Biden uh, doesn't have a moment in which he cannot uh, continue as the president, which I contend is most likely. The election right now is only about 16 months away, and we're watching Joe Biden mentally uh, lose his mind almost on a daily basis, making no sense at all. And he's gone 40 percent of the time. Can you imagine if the Trumpster was uh, in Mar-a-Lago 40 percent of the time? And uh, he had a son, such as Hunter Biden, who seemingly left a baggie of cocaine in the White House. No one wants to talk about it. And uh, when Corrine Jean-Pierre lies about the Biden family being in the White House for several days before its location, it proves to be a lie. And the media leaves that alone, too. The media is representing the Democrat Party. And uh, they're not going to objectively cover Joe Biden, Hunter Biden, Kamala Harris whatsoever. Because it doesn't fit their political purpose. You will not see the coverage of CBS, NBC, or ABC much about the cocaine, which the FBI slash Secret Service says they're going to wrap up the investigation in a couple days and probably find no one responsible for it whatsoever. 
a columnist uh, wrote a couple days ago, maybe on Friday, that uh, if two people showed up dead with uh, slash room, wounds all over their face and throat and back, and O.J. Simpson was at a party, he's the first guy you interview is O.J. Simpson. And Hunter Biden is a degenerate. He's a complete drug-induced hooker-laden degenerate taking pictures of himself with hookers who are probably being human trafficked. And the media has no inclination whatsoever to go after the hookers and find out if they're being trafficked. He's smoking crack, and he videotapes him smoking crack. He's driving like a madman while smoking crack pipes. Uh, That's all on the laptop. Guess what? Media doesn't cover it. It's awful. And so he had many things on the computer, including conversations he had with the Burisma and Chinese officials about bribes, it appears very likely that Mary Garland lied when he said the uh, prosecutor Weiss in Delaware had complete authority. Weiss is now saying, I did not have complete authority. I couldn't get it. And, and guess what? In my view, you don't become a full-blown, historic-level degenerate, a pervert, and a drug addict in your 40s. You kind of work your way up to that over a lifetime, which is what Hunter Biden has done. How many times did Delaware police or California police chips find uh, Hunter Biden in some drugged out condition and simply took him home because the old man, the big guy, would come down and ran all over you if you arrested his son? It's unbelievable. And, and I pray to God every family's been affected by drug addiction of one type or another or mental illness. And if Hunter Biden suddenly has got his act together, that'd be a great thing. But has he gotten his act together? Uh, how's he treating his uh, four-year-old little girl? In fact, how is uh, President Biden and Joe Biden treating their seventh grandchild, granddaughter? Her name is Navy Joan is her name. She's four years old. DNA tests were done. Hunter Biden is the father. And uh, the president is a deadbeat granddad. And Hunter Biden is a deadbeat dad. And uh, seemingly nobody cares. Katie Pavlich, who's a great American... Wrote a column a couple days ago about the Bidens are trashing the White House, kind of the same way the Clintons trashed the White House. Of course, you have the incident of the cocaine found in a baggie in a secured area, which individuals should know by uh, the videotape and elsewhere who it is. But they don't want to let it out because it may be a Biden family member. Then you had a couple of weeks ago a, a, a transgender person named uh, Rose Montoya, who was a male who uh, transitioned to a female, had breast implants done, uh, dropping uh, dropping uh, uh, clothes and exhibiting private body parts on the White House lawn in front of children. Named Rose Montoya. What happened with that case? About a week later, she issued an apology. And uh, that's what's happening at the uh, White House, believe it or not are drugs and sex parties. It's, it's like, are you kidding me? And the White House has become a uh, place that all of us would be terribly embarrassed to attend. But guess what? Does the media cover it? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. The Rose Montoya situation received little or no coverage whatsoever because it didn't fit the media narrative of what's going on. So Hunter Biden, it appears... Mary Garland is about to be held in contempt of uh, the Congress and likely impeached because he lied under oath to the Congress. 
How much does the media cover that part? Not one bit, because the media does not want Donald Trump ever again to sit in the Oval Office. By any means necessary, they will lie, cheat, and steal to make sure that if Trump is the nominee of the Republican Party, let's face it, there's almost a certainly certainty that's going to happen, that Trump's going to be the nominee. He'll get 30, 40, 50 percent of the Republican vote. And with some 15 candidates, including the great Vivek Ramaswamy, who I enjoy listening to that guy completely, that nonetheless, the opposition to the Donald's going to be split up among 10 to 15, just like in 2016. And uh, he'll get 40, 50 percent of the primary vote and likely be the nominee. The only way it would not happen would be if he was convicted ahead of time, months ahead of time, and all the appeals still would not occur. And so the conviction or not would be completely irrelevant. There's no mandatory non-conviction status for someone to be elected to the presidency. So Trump is very likely to be the Republican nominee, which means Joe Biden, somehow, they're going to try to pull him over the finish line, is going to stay as long as he can to be somewhat coherent, which is unlikely, to be the Democratic nominee in every replay of 2020 and 2024. And about 50% of Republicans don't want Donald Trump to be the nominee. And about 70% of Democrats don't want Joe Biden to be their nominee. And about two-thirds of the American people do not want a rematch between Biden and Trump likely won by Joe Biden with an idiotic vice president named Kamala Harris, who is even more unpopular than those other two guys. We're in a terrible position, and I don't know a way out of it. Don't know. In office as the president in 2020, the Donald could not uh, win the majority of the popular vote nor of the Electoral College by the rules put together by Democrats at the end to make sure that Joe Biden would be elected. The Democrats being in Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, Michigan, and Arizona, they uh, put the rules in place, same-day registration, drop boxes all over Hell's Half Acre, and no court in any election weeks or months later is going to overturn an election. It simply doesn't happen. The court system is not set up to do it. You can't have a trial and appeals and uh, within about a 60-day period. It doesn't work. So whoever the Secretary of States of those states determined is the winner, in all those states, they were uh, Democrats by the rules they put in effect because of the COVID pandemic. More and more people registered to vote who could not be registered in 2016 or 2012. And they showed up. The $500 million was spent by Mark Zuckerberg. And as a consequence, 71 million people, I'm sorry, 81 million people voted uh, supposedly for Joe Biden and 74 million for Donald Trump. And by that point, the Trumpster is going to be under multiple indictments well north of 100 felonies. By the time uh, the end of uh, September rolls around, Jack Smith's going to do his thing again. It'll be about January 6th or about uh, the electors, finding new electors in Arizona and uh, Georgia and Pennsylvania and Michigan. So Jack Smith's going to cause many, many, many more indictments against President Trump. Then you're going to have Fannie Willis in uh, Fulton County slash Atlanta. She's going to issue a 20 or 30 count indictment against Donald Trump. And then you have uh, New York City, New York State's already done what they've done. So he's going to have more than 100 pending felonies against him, which is going to cause many suburbanites to uh, not vote for the Donald, despite the great work he did as our president 
for those four years. He left this country in fabulous condition. It was great. And then Biden took over. And the rest is history. So let's continue. The cocaine most likely came from Hunter Biden because he's a cokehead and he's a deadbeat dad. He's committed himself hundreds of felonies all on video and like three blind mice. None of the prosecutors can figure anything out with him. Here's another baggie of cocaine. Where'd that come from? Let me, oh, we don't need Sherlock Holmes to figure this thing out. It came from Hunter Biden, who was there 48 hours before it was located. He left his baggie. That's it. He's a cokehead. He's a deadbeat. Joe Biden is a deadbeat grandfather. Won't acknowledge the four-year-old. Jill Biden is a deadbeat grandmother. She won't acknowledge it either. It's a lie told by the Bidens that the mainstream media puts up with. It's disgusting. Now you got me all urinated off. I can't stand it. Let's take a short break. If a line becomes available, 866-647-7337. It's unbelievable. Coming up later, we have attorney James Bogan. He's going to break down some of the new Supreme Court decisions and how good they are. Also later on is Gabriel Nadalis about the affirmative action ruling. And also the great Elaine Parker. Elaine Parker. Talk about the Supreme Court decisions and more. Because the way I look at them as an attorney and a former AG, assistant AG, is that once again the U.S. Supreme Court's upheld individual rights. And there's a warning in this for the Democrats. The Democrats ran on the Dobbs decision, which was the abortion decision, which is if, and, and, but. I'm a pro-lifer from the moment of conception through natural death. Uh, I, I will live. I live that way. I will die that way. That's the way it is. But most of the American people are also opposing partial birth abortion and late uh, th uh, third trimester abortions. But the Supreme Court said in the affirmative action case and in the student loan so-called bailout, which is transferring the $400 billion to, uh, to people that didn't borrow the money, and the so-called web design First Amendment case, those are all about individual rights. And the polling has indicated that the American people support the U.S. Supreme Court decisions in those three cases. Most of the American people say you can't continue race discrimination in this country. It's got to stop. The Democrats have got to stop at some point demanding race discrimination. It's got to stop. American people stand with the Supreme Court. Supreme Court said the president does not tax and spend money. The president executes the laws put out by the Congress. That's the student loan so-called bailout case. And most American people agree with the U.S. Supreme Court. It is disgusting that we have a president completely out of control when he opposes orders given to him by the U.S. Supreme Court and by the United States Congress. Nancy Pelosi said repeatedly that the president cannot do what Biden did. So you have Nancy Pelosi and Clarence Thomas agreeing that the president cannot do it. And the American people say, guess what? We agree with uh, Clarence Thomas. And we, American people say we agree with Nancy Pelosi. That when you take out student loans, you, you can delay payment, but you can't excuse the debt. It is illegal. This president. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? 
No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Worried about democracy? A threat to democracy? Joe Biden is a threat to democracy when he doesn't do his damn job. And the web design case, most American people believe that if you have a fervently held religious position, you should not be required to uh, violate that position when it involves uh, creative design. And so if you're a, uh, so let's say you're a Jewish web designer and a Muslim show up wanting you to uh, trash the Star of David as a Jew, you can say, I don't want to creatively do that. Likewise, if you're a Muslim and someone shows up uh, with a Jewish situation wanting you as a Muslim to praise other aspects of the Jewish faith or vice versa, you can say no, and you're not going to creatively give, it's against my free speech rights. I think most American people get that. So there's a warning for Democrats in these recent Supreme Court decisions. The American people stand with the U.S. Supreme Court. Well, let's continue. We never stop. We simply continue. Who owns the Coke? Who was using the Coke? And to me, it's a deadly serious matter when you have uh, sexual activities conducted on White House grounds by people like Rose Montoya and others. And then you have a, nar- nar- a Schedule One narcotic found in and around the Oval Office, it's a problem. And then the press secretary, Corrine KJP, lies about the Bidens not being there for several days when the indications are Hunter Biden was there two days before the coke was found. Whose coke is it? Main suspect is Hunter Biden. He's a, After all, he's a cokehead. Coke is found. Sherlock Holmes, figure that one out. Let's continue. 23 minutes after the hour, Bill Cunningham, the great American, with you and all great Americans every Sunday night. Get your tickets now at AXS.com for our 2023 iHeartRadio Music Festival. T-Mobile Arena here in Las Vegas. Later on, we have Elaine Parker coming. Elaine Parker of the Job Creators Network about the evil of allowing those who borrow money knowingly as adults to further their own education who... uh when uh, the Democrats act in a certain way that uh, suddenly those who took out the loans don't have to pay them and that regular taxpayers like you and I do. That's Elaine Parker of the Job Creators Network. And one of the most one of the worst parts of this and in five or 10 years, we're going to be exactly the same place anyway. The whole system is not being reformed. So uh, according to Joe Biden, he wanted to take four hundred billion dollars illegally and require other people to make the payments instead of the person to borrow the money. And so when you have a president that runs on the so-called policy of returning democracy to the people, that there's a threat to democracy, the threat to democracy exists when a president ignores orders from the United States Supreme Court and ignores the Congress that doesn't pass so-called relief and takes it upon himself to act illegally or to do workarounds. Now, that's a threat to democracy. Also later on is Gabriel Nadalis. He's a former Antifa activist who has seen the light. He's going to discuss what's happening in the uh, former great state of California. When I watch Fox News tonight, it appears at this point that even 50 Cent, one of uh, Danny Boy Gleason's favorite artists is 50 Cent, is concerned about a new policy in Los Angeles that has no bail. So commit vicious crimes and get out immediately and then just to off those who might be witnesses. Then also later on is James Bogan, who's a constitutional lawyer, 
about some of these decisions and also the Leslie Van Houten situation in which the current governor of California is not going to contest the idea that the murderer, Tate LaBianchi murderer, Leslie Van Houten, is going to be paroled in the next couple of weeks. So let's continue with more. Take some calls next. The line becomes available, 866-647-7337. Bill Cunningham, the great American, with you and all great Americans every Sunday night. Traffic and weather. News Radio 700 WLW, Cincinnati. An officer involved shooting in Covington Sunday afternoon. With the 1030 report, I'm Sean McCormick. Breaking now, the Kentucky State Police are investigating an officer-involved shooting in Covington. It happened just before 1230 Sunday afternoon. Police responding to a call on Glenway and East 20th Street where an officer found a suspect. A violent struggle ensued. The officer discharging his duty weapon. The male suspect was transported to UC Medical Center where he was pronounced dead. His name has not been released. The officer has been placed on administrative leave while the state police conduct its investigation. Now the latest weather from the forecast. There's at 9 news overnight. Partly cloudy skies. A stray shower or thunderstorm is possible. A low of 62. Monday, lots of sun. A high of 88. And then even better uh, Monday night. Uh, mostly clear. Low of 61. And better on Tuesday. Mostly sunny skies. And a high of 92. Uh, radar is clear right now. It is currently 71 degrees. There is a uh, traffic note, uh, Northern Kentucky, uh, severe delays of 30 minutes or more. It's up to about 37 minutes right now on I-75 North between 71 and exits 2 and 2B Winchell Avenue. The backup due to the right lane being blocked for emergency repairs on 71 North before Elm Street. The Reds running into a Milwaukee buzzsaw Sunday. Wade Miley pitching six strong innings. The bullpen of the Brewers holding up a first run, uh, make it stand, and the Brewers win one nothing. as we do go into the All-Star break. In the MLB draft, the Reds, using the seventh overall pick, chose Wake Forest pitcher Rhett Lauder. The 21-year-old is 6'2", 200 pounds. The right-hander collected 143 Ks against only 24 walks this past college season. Our next update is at 11 o'clock. I'm Sean McCormick, News Radio 700 WLW. Only iHeartRadio gives you access. You know, later on, we're going to play for you the comments of the great Senator John Kennedy of uh, Louisiana. I would also note that uh, J.D. Vance, U.S. Senator, my friend from Ohio, is going to uh, go after Ohio colleges and universities that continue to uh, use race in determining many decisions. Reminded me of the uh, story of the uh, dean of the University of California, Berkeley Law School, a guy named Shermensky. He's the dean, been there 25 years or so, who on the Friday the decision came out, what, about 10 days ago, said in class, and it was recorded by a law student, he was teaching, believe it or not, constitutional law, and the dean of the Cal Berkeley Law School, who was teaching a class, said, look, in the future, we're not going to send emails we're not going to send text messages. Letters aren't sent anymore anyway. We're not going to put anything in writing. 
about uh, race discrimination. We can continue to practice racism here at Berkeley. But uh, we're not going to pay attention to what the U.S. Supreme Court says to do because we have a higher motive, which is making sure that more minorities get into Berkeley. So we're going to ignore the law. Went on to say that if uh, if I'm asked under oath whether that's the case, I'll simply lie and say it's not the case. So you, you have you have the leaders of the liberal Democratic Party saying we will ignore federal court orders, not just a federal court order, but an order from the United States Supreme Court that law school deans, whether Ohio Northern University, in which uh, Professor Scott Gerber was uh, fired because of his lack of collegiality. By the way, a few days ago, a judge ordered him reinstated. We'll see what happens with that down the road. And then you have numerous colleges and universities stating, you know what? Uh, let the U.S. Supreme Court enforce its own order. We're not going to comply. We're going we're gonna to quit allegiance and faith to the Constitution. So when you have Berkeley Law School, when you have a university, when you have Stanford University College of Law and their equity director organizing uh, jeering at federal judges appearing at a symposium, when you have large numbers of corporate types simply ignoring the law because it fits their particular purpose, then you got this other story out of, uh, I've seen several reports on this that, uh, so-called liberal businesses have signs up saying, if you're a Trump supporter, do not walk into this business. So they're going to boycott, shall we say. Here it is. Lefties begin denying service to Trump supporters. The Supreme Court's Friday decision, which was what, about now 10 days ago, in uh, 303 Creative versus uh, Alanis, was either a great moment in American jurisprudence or day that will live in infamy. It appears now that uh, Trump supporters are not welcomed at Democratic businesses. In fact, the signs up in some California establishments say in other parts, uh, if you voted for Donald Trump, your business is not welcomed here. Sounds like my good friend Wayne Allen Root, the great uh, boycott of uh, those businesses such as Target and Bud Light that are denying the American way of life about non-racial discrimination. The great Justice John Roberts has said the way to end race discrimination is to quit discriminating based upon race. That is not very welcome by liberal Democrats who have spent the last 200 years of their existence living, swimming, breathing, diving into, bathing in and shampooing in racism. The party was formed because of racism. Racism form the Democratic Party. It's called slavery. It's called Jim Crow. It's called lynching. Those are all Democrats. Opposition to the 1964 Civil Rights Act. Democrats. FDR. Banning blacks to serve with whites in the military. FDR. And now that liberal Democrats have taken over every major American city and half the states, they're now saying once, once again that blacks, in a sense, are second-class citizens that uh, cannot fairly, objectively compete with other races, and we're going to make sure that we continue to practice racism. Democrats were birthed in the uh, in the aroma of racism to support slavery. Two hundred years later, guess what? 
They still practice racism and still want to keep doing it. And they pay off the leaders of liberal and black causes to make sure that they can stay in power completely. That's the game Democrats are playing. And now they're putting up signs and businesses saying that if you're a Trump supporter, that uh, your business is not uh, welcomed here. Unbelievable stuff. And I would note also, and I, I think Gabriel Nadalis is going to, he's a former Antifa activist, going to address himself to this. And uh, uh, an R&B singer destroyed the national anthem last Sunday at the New Orleans Essence Festival, turning this song Honoring America into an angry rant about how awful it is here, how much racism there is. Her name is Jill Scott. She's a multi-multi-millionaire African-American who claims she can't make it because of her race. She says, oh, say can you see by the blood in the streets that this place doesn't smile on you, colored child, whose blood built this land with sweat in their hands, but you'll die in this place and your memory erased. Oh, say does this truth hold any weight? This is not the land of the free, but the home of the slaves. That's what she sang a week ago. The Star Spangled Banner repositioned by a black person who's a multimillionaire claiming you can't make it in this country when you're black. She has a college degree and she's a multimillionaire. Guess what? No big deal. Essence, I believe that's that magazine that uh, is, uh, shall we say, directed toward black issues. And uh, Jill Scott, no big deal. According to one political strategist who's a Democrat, uh, I love Jill Scott. She's the pride of Philadelphia. Boy, that's a great city. And an icon. This is heartbreaking for me to see, but that's the way America is. I see column after column, except from Jason Whitlock, great American. Blood in the streets. The blood running there is due to the policies of the modern Democrat Party that has seized control of almost every major city. So if you have mass shootings all over the place, the great majority of time, they're in democratically controlled cities of one type or another run by the Democrat Party. So here you have an R&B singer who's a multimillionaire complaining about racism when uh, she has great talent and she's using that talent to lie about this great country of ours. Since its founding by Abraham Lincoln, the Republican Party has stood for freedom for all peoples irrespective of color. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The Democratic Party is just the opposite. And they buy off and pay off the leaders of many African-American communities in order to impose racism called affirmative action. Same thing's happening out of China. Got full lines, got to get to the calls from California and New York and Illinois and New Hampshire. Got to get to them. It is the policy of the modern Chinese Communist Party to uh, buy off, to pay off the leaders of other, nation, other nations, other countries to get access to the billions of dollars of benefits. So in African countries like the Congo, which produces about 75 to 90 percent of those exotic metals used in these fancy Tesla batteries, uh, and which is causing the death and the murder of hundreds of black kids 
every every year in the enslavement of many and the destruction of the environment in the Congo. What what they've done is pay off the leaders of the Congo so they get access as Chinese to all the benefits, the trillions of dollars of benefits inside the Congo to get the batteries together for all those great Teslas. So they in America, they followed that example, right? Didn't they pay off Hunter Biden and Joe Biden to get access to our markets? Donald Trump fight like a warrior poet to make the Chinese pay to come into this market. And the Bidens got rid of all that. And according to uh, most reports, objectively, through Fox News and New York Post, the Biden family's gotten as much as 40 to $50 million in indirect bribes from Chinese, Burisma, from Yugoslavia, from Russia, from all over the place. So what they did was buy off the leaders of this country to get access to the billions of dollars of benefits. And I watch it going on with the media that won't cover it, except for the 20% of us that are conservative. And so what I'm watching is to take over this country by foreign interest, and the leader of the band is Joe Biden, who's mentally incompetent, and his cokehead son, who's the bag man with lots of cash running around the world, collecting money for everyone except the one grandchild that deadbeat granddad Joe Biden refuses to acknowledge that four-year-old little girl. It's incredible. Does the media cover the deadbeat granddad we have in the white? Not exactly. It's not covered at all. Doesn't fit, does it? So they don't cover it. So later on tonight, we have uh, Gabriel Nadalis as a former uh, Antifa activist to talk about what's happened to the 4th of July, which, uh, you know, last week, celebration. Now, we got 250th anniversary coming up in three years. Let's see what happens. But as an article of faith, you can't be patriotic and be a liberal Democrat. It doesn't work. And, and those who trash the country are applauded. So let's continue. And I will take some calls, as I announced. Later on, we have several guests you'll want to hear from. But let's go to Joe in New Hampshire first. Joe in New Hampshire. Joe, welcome to the Bill Cunningham Show. And Joe, how are you? Hi, Mr. Cunningham. It's been a while since I've gotten through to you. But um, God bless you. The country is sinking, sinking fast with everything going on all around. Yeah. Um, you got to pray. You got to have faith. Uh, that's all I can say. Um, the thing about the cocaine in the White House. Do you remember the um, movie 30 some years ago, Scarface with Al Pacino? Yeah. Say hello to my little friend. Yes, I do remember that Al Pacino movie. Yes. And you remember the scene toward the end of the movie? He's in his palatial mansion and everything is crumbling down around him like our country is. And he's sitting at the table just oblivious to what's happening around him and he's got a big stack of cocaine on the table about a foot high and a foot yeah. wide and yeah. he's just sniffing it and yeah. sniffing it and sniffing it well that's the condition of our white house today it's not just hunter biden the inner circle i believe has a lot of this going on the clinton white house had a lot of cocaine uh abuse going on with his inner circle uh that came out years later so I believe the White House, Joe Biden, his son, but all the people around him, uh, Kamala Harris, she had a serious uh, pot smoking uh, problem, which she probably still has back when she was in California. That's been established. And uh, the way she giggles and laughs at everything and she can't put together coherent sentences, that's a uh, long-term effects of why you should never start smoking pot. I mean, there's an example right there. Uh, as far as the cartel in Mexico, and all those people coming across human trafficking and the drugs, 
the fentanyl. Well, how, why does the cartel uh, operate so freely in Mexico? They bought up, bought off the government of Mexico, including the president. Now, my sources tell me that it's more than likely that Biden and a lot of other politicians have been bought off by the Mexican drug cartel and a lot of money's in offshore accounts. And we're talking billions of dollars, not millions. And Joe, and Joe, hold on. A- At this point, do you think Joe Biden is mentally competent, able to discharge the duties of the most difficult job in the world, can hold in his mind disparate thoughts about numerous issues and express them in a cohesive fashion? Is it possible that Joe Biden is completely manipulated by the White House staff, wherever they might be, and that Joe Biden can't read a teleprompter. The other day at the end, it said finish in parentheses. He tried to stumble through a teleprompter, and when he got done, he said the word finished. He's reading the teleprompter, has no clue what he's saying. And so there may be these bribes being paid directly and indirectly through Burisma, through the or the wife of the mayor of Moscow, through through uh, Yugoslavia, and also through uh, Communist Red China. yes. 40 to 50 million dollars. But does Joe Biden know what's going on? Not really. Uh, I took care of my elderly mom for years, and there's uh, anti dementia drugs that you give to people so they can get through the day, but they wear off. And of course, he has access to the most uh, potent, effective anti dementia drugs, you know, that you can be given. But usually what happens, they're only good for an hour or so. And then the downside is after, you know, you're giving your speech off the teleprompter and uh, you take two questions from favorite news media and you go disappear, you have a big letdown. And he probably has very serious cognitive difficulties when he's not, you know, in front of the cameras, which isn't very often. But the drug cartels of Mexico, uh, it's going to come out. There's a lot of money. That, that's big. why they're letting all the people across the border with no resistance there, there's payoffs from the drug cartels right to the top of our government because they do it in Mexico. That's why they're able to operate on the other side of the border with Mexico. And, of course, China is involved pumping that fentanyl through. It's all very organized. People say they want everyone to think it's total incompetency and dementia from Joe Biden. Well, no, maybe that's a small part of it, but it's all bribery, billions of dollars. There's offshore accounts. Uh, it's really horrific, Bill. Well, uh, and, uh, Joe, what I, you, what I, I you described, I, I think, Joe, it is worse than you said. I think you're, what you said is most, most likely accurate. But the amount of money that's been paid directly and indirectly to Hunter Biden and Joe Biden, to all the Biden family members, Jim Biden, Joe, Joe Biden, and all the grandkids except the one he denies, uh, is in the 40 to $60 million range. And everyone in Washington knows it's going on, but nobody wants to deal with it. Let's continue. If a line becomes available, 866-647-7337. Bill Cunningham, the great American, with you every Sunday night. In this week's Marketer's Report, Chris Brandt, Chief Marketing Officer at Chipotle Mexican Grill, weighs in on the power of audio, specifically audio influencers. Senator J.D. Vance has sent a letter to, to, to some elite institutions, such as Oberlin, Princeton, Dartmouth, Harvard, Cornell, Kenyon, Yale, Brown, the University of Pennsylvania, and more. Because within hours of the U.S. Supreme Court decision, typically the Princeton president said the following, the court's decision was unwelcome and disappointing and vowed to pursue diversity with energy, persistence, and determination to succeed despite the restrictions imposed by the Supreme Court and its regrettable decision. 
The president of Oberlin College in Ohio said he's deeply saddened and concerned about the future of higher education. And she has assured students and faculty that rather than dampening her enthusiasm for affirmative action, the decision strengthens our determination to be welcoming where diversity is celebrated to Harvard president. Laura Spokal said essentially the same thing that uh, to read between the lines, we're going to ignore the U.S. Supreme Court. When Brown versus Board of Education came out in 1954, Southern governors and presidents of Southern universities said, quote, racial discrimination is not going to be accepted in the South and vows to organize massive resistance in the Southern states and violence and racial animosity ensued. So 1954, Brown versus Board of Education, governors and presidents of universities then said, we're going to ignore that decision. Here we are, my gosh, almost 70 years later, and many of those same institutions are saying, we want to keep discriminating based upon race. We're going to ignore, again, a U.S. Supreme Court decision that says affirmative action is wrong and that Students and faculty should be judged on merit and not race. So the Democrats who opposed the 1954 Brown versus Board now oppose the new U.S. Supreme Court decision on affirmative action. These individuals practice racism. They call it affirmative action, but it is racism. Go Cunningham with you every Sunday night. Go with your gut. Your dog's a m- By Choice Hotels. Econolodge and Roadway Inn Hotels are serving up double points for every qualifying stay. Book at ChoiceHotels.com. Now, here's the man who's been recognized as radio's best, the recipient of not one but two prestigious Marconi Awards for his broadcast excellence, the one and only Bill Cunningham. Let's continue, and it would be helpful if those in charge of important aspects of American life acknowledge. A U.S. Supreme Court decision that binds them to behave in a certain positive fashion that merit trumps race. I've told you my personal story. It didn't click in for me till I was like 25 years old. I went to a pretty uh, good public school in Cincinnati called Deer Park High. Pretty good place. I was a solid C student. And when I took the SAT test at that point, I think I finished in the 50 percentile. And I fooled around quite often, finally got to a college on a basketball, then a baseball scholarship at Xavier University. I was a solid C, C-plus student. I got married. Within two or three years, it all clicked together. Went to law school. The life, uh, My life at that point went on with a lot of work, but pretty good. How many of us, maybe you included, could not go to a Harvard, a Yale, a Northwestern, despite the behavior of its football coach that appears to be disgusting? or go to a so-called UCLA or a Stanford, if you get into those places and can't academically measure up, guess what? You may, you may flunk out. And uh, the, the real problem here, 
by Democrats and liberals is that the educational environment present in many urban areas make it almost impossible for the kids to go to school there to actually go to any elite college. That's the dirty little secret. The policies have not worked. Many uh, tests and many other things have been done to say, wait a minute, how is it possible you can take kids out of the city of Chicago and say they're able to go to Northwestern? It's not possible. Many of us, me included, it took a few years for things to to kind of click, especially for a male. Many uh, males don't have uh, full possession of their emotions and brain power until they're 25 or 30 years old. Women are much better human beings as, as a consequence. 18, 19, 20, they're ready to go, which is why today the majority of uh, kids in law school are female. The majority of persons in college are females. The majority of students in medical schools are females. Because males have a much more difficult time in our society. The life expectancy of black males and white males have gone down the past 10 years, not gone up. When the opposite is true of the other gender, they do quite well. Many males, black and white and Hispanic and Asian, are under attack in one form or another. More likely to be hooked on drugs, more likely to go to prison, more likely to commit suicide, more likely to die of fentanyl. Normally, it's a white male who does that. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And so I don't want to hear about all the benefits being a white male has in our society. It ought to be a meritocracy. Yes, there is discrimination. It's called affirmative action. And colleges and universities that want to maintain discrimination should be called out. I know Senator J.D. Vance is doing it. It would be helpful if Democrats, which will never happen, would say that uh, a meritocracy is the goal and we can't end discrimination by constantly using it. Doesn't work that way. But that's not the way it works. The uh, rhythm and blues singer... Jill Scott, who last week switched up the words of the national anthem, it would have been helpful. She has the right to do that. Go, have at it. I believe in freedom of speech. Of course, the First Amendment's only applicable to government action. That's a different matter. I don't think Essence Magazine is government action. But nonetheless, when she changed the words of the Star Spangled Banner, she received a standing ovation from the crowd. It would have been helpful if she was booed. Because she's a multi-millionaire complaining about discrimination. The great majority, mathematically, of poor people in America are white. And, and she complains about racism when she's benefiting greatly from the goodliness of this of this great country. Let's go back to the calls with Danny Gleason's permission. Let's go to uh, Jerry in Columbia, Illinois, if I'm saying that correctly. Then Marco and then Tim and many others. If I, we have two lines open, 866-647-7337. Jerry in uh, Columbia, Illinois. Jerry, welcome to the Bill Cunningham Show. And Jerry, please go ahead. Yeah, Bill, you know, Trump has his tens of thousands, 50,000 and greater sometimes. And Biden cannot even yeah. get a thousand. Now, don't tell me you're that stupid 
what? to say that Biden can win a election what? with odds against him like that. Well, Jerry, what what happened in twenty twenty? Yeah, hold on, hold on. What happened in twenty twenty? Now, don't give me. A, I want Trump to win. I'll vote for Trump, but I'm I'm talking n- not aspirationally. What happened in twenty twenty? Yeah. Early voting yeah. and mail in ballots. Right. We didn't have early voting, multiple voting. I witnessed this bill. Well, Jerry, I know, but how do you how do you stop that? I stop. How do you? I want to deal with reality, not aspirations. My aspiration would be for Trump to be in the middle of a second term, and the reason he lost in 2020 is because the Democratic states had same day registration, drop off ballots, Zuckerberg's 500 million dollars signing up people, no signatures, and that's the way it's going to be in 2024 again. What's going to change? What's going to change? We got to get rid of early voting, multiple well, good voting. Luck. We can prove this through the hard drives at the early voting Jerry, station. Do you think Illinois is going to do that? I mean, I, I, I say I love the old days. We had one day to vote. We elected presidents. The next morning, we knew who's the. We don't do that anymore. Do you think Illinois is going to get rid of what you suggest? Be honest. Illinois was the only state in 16 that they said. Biden won. He didn't win it. He stole it. Every state around Illinois, I think that's five double digits for right. Trump. Well, Jerry, what's going to change? I know. Oh, no, I'm dealing with reality, not what we want to happen. Is Illinois going to get rid of early? Craig counties with more votes than registered voters, Bill, in the 2020 what? election. That's how they're stealing it. Are you going to answer my question? I, 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 I agree with what you're saying. But what's going to change in 2024 in Illinois? Uh, you're arguing, well, we shouldn't have, yes, we should not have early voting. We should not have same-day registration, absolutely. We shouldn't have uh, drop boxes all over Hell's Half. I agree. But Illinois, Michigan, Pennsylvania, Georgia, Arizona, nothing's going to change there in the next 16 months. We're going to have all those things that you and I oppose. So what's going to change? I'm not anymore i'm saying fair process elections i'm getting my people i got 33 million strong behind me billy boy at least might be over 100 million fair process elections are civil war you think they got mad fighting brother killing brother over 67 bipartisan votes in the senate as seen in 50s 60s 70s early 80s Every bill that passed had 67 bipartisan votes. Ted Kennedy, that communist, he lowered it down to 60 because that's all the communists they had. I'm tired of this corruption, lawlessness crap in my country. Jerry, thank you. I'm tired of it, too. I watched what happened in 2020. I watched early voting. I watched COVID rules that made no sense. I saw drop boxes all over Hell's Half Acre. I saw Mark Zuckerberg spend $500 million and the Republican Party with an incumbent president with some of the greatest economic results in world history never got a sniff in those states. And I I wish it was aspirational. If you put me in charge, you vote on election day and that's it. There's no drop boxes. How did we get along for over 200 years without drop boxes and same-day registration and all the rest. But I'm, I'm dealing with reality. I'm dealing with the way things are, not the way I would like them to be. Let's go to Marco in Massachusetts. Marco, welcome to the Bill Cunningham Show. Marco, go ahead. 
Mr. Cunningham, pardon the redundancy, but you're not just a great American. You're a great human being, sir. And I want to run something by you. This might be just hypothetical. But my question to you is if 2024 the results are the same as 2020 and mm. they get the results mm. the same way, mm. and states being able to succeed from the federal government or not does not seem to me 100% clear cut. And I think the current federal government has pinned one state against the other. There is no more United States bill. And the only alternative is a revolution, which is never a good solution. But Marco, no, I'm an American. I was born an American. I will. And I've often said, Marco, that I think my grandkids are in trouble. I think my children are in trouble. It's exacerbating because everything today is quicker. And I can't conceive of a, a nation that put Joe Biden and Kamala Harris in charge of this country with sending Janet Yellen over to communist red China. She looks like a fool and makes no sense. And Nancy Pelosi to Taiwan. Uh, I don't know what the world leaders think about our country when we selected Joe Biden, Kamala Harris, Janet Yellen, and Nancy Pelosi. They must think we're blind, dumb, befuddled fools. I look at that and I'm thinking, how does America select those type of individuals or uh, how do we do that, Marco? Can, can you imagine Communist Red China looking at Joe Biden, Kamala Harris, Nancy Pelosi, and Janet Yellen? What do they think we've done to ourselves? They're just salivating. Oh, my gosh. Oh, Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, I can't imagine a any worse leadership at a critical time. And I I I'm a religious guy. I, I think America is God's representative on earth. World War II, World War One, the Internet discoveries, I guess AI is coming. The greatest country in the world were run by stooges and fools. And how we elect those type individuals to represent us, I, I, I don't know how we survive another four years of Joe Biden, Kamala Harris. I guess Nancy Pelosi may get back to be speaker because of the Supreme Court decision in, uh, in the uh, North Carolina case. And I'm thinking, how do we survive when we have $33 trillion in national debt? It's going to be $50 trillion. We spend trillions of dollars on so-called man-made global warming, which is a hoax and it's a farce. How do we survive another six years of what's been going on the past uh, three years? It's beyond. I don't know. If, can we survive another four years of Joe Biden and he can't make it? Kamala Harris is the president. Can we survive? Negative. Uh, it's this is a grassroots. Everybody has to start thinking and very differently. Please, I don't know what it is, but we can't. Whoever the Republican nominee is, I'm with them one thousand percent, and I hope Cornell West uh, runs for the presidency and hurts the Democratic candidate. I cannot believe that Joe Biden physically can make it the next sixteen months, which means Kamala Harris would be the president. I mean, I, I don't know what to say. I could beat my head against that wall. I could talk about uh, Illinois. My my last guest seems like a nice guy. Thinks Illinois is going to switch the Republican Party. I, I it's not reality. It is not reality. I don't know. I I kind of lose a little bit of faith in this because I thought we had more sense, but it's shown that we do not. How do we put Nancy <laughs> Pelosi and, and and Kamala Harris in charge of anything? How does that work? How does that? I, yeah. I mean, 
And Mark, in your state of Massachusetts, the senators you have from there are a farce. It is ridiculous. Baker left, and I guess now, once again, strictly Democrats are in charge. What's it like in Boston to walk around at night? How are the, how are the Boston public schools? Yeah, that's a good question, Bill. I uh, haven't kept up with the media around here. I no. probably, like yourself, ready to put my head in the sand. Yeah, I don't. Oh, so, oh geez, uh, I, I don't know what to say. And so, you know, in, in order to say, you know what, we're going to have another civil war. Count me out. Not part of that deal. I will fight like a warrior poet for for this great country. But <laughs> if she's the president, I, I don't know what to say. Hillary Clinton. How did the Democrats put up? Al Gore to become the president and then Hillary Clinton to be the president and Joe Biden. <laughs> and they know he's incompetent and they put him up anyway because he's an empty vessel that can beat Donald Trump and the media smears the guy so much. Trump's a great guy. Wonderful. His presidency objectively is one of the best four years in American history. Uh, I have issue with him on COVID and the vaccination and Fauci. But look at the statistics. Take the name Trump off. His presidency, 2016 to 2020, how were things? No wars. Deficit was down. More people employed than ever before. China being punished. Southern border shut down. Here we go. All of a sudden, we went the opposite direction because the media will not cover objectivity. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, my lordy. Let's continue. <laughs> oh, I'm depressed. Bill Cunningham said Bill Cunningham with you every Sunday night. Get your tickets now at AXS.com for our 2023 iHeartRadio Music Festival. T-Mobile Arena here in London. On a recent appearance on Fox, Kennedy said, quote, he's a nice guy, referring to a Biden. But when it comes to economics, President Biden is like a hog on ice. I would argue that a nice guy wouldn't deny the existence of one of his own grandchildren, but I digress. And uh, Kennedy, well, by the way, uh, uh, to deny the existence of your little four-year-old granddaughter is despicable. Joe Biden slash Joe Biden is beneath contempt for doing that. And he also talked about uh, cocaine in the in the White House. Danny Gleason, if you're prepared, hit it. And locked up, of course. I haven't seen the news today, but according to Senator Kennedy... Did they find more blow in the White House, or are we still talking about the first stuff? Look, I've been in the Situation Room. There's cameras everywhere. I'm pretty sure the Secret Service knows whose blow it is. I don't know who did it. It went on to say, if my record as president was as bad as this, I'd probably give my staff blow, too. For those who don't know the term if, blow. If, I probably shouldn't it. say this, but if, if my record was as bad as this White House's record, I'd probably give my staff blow, too. I'm now, blow refers to cocaine. So that's Senator Kennedy. Uh, some other pundit wrote that if uh, two people are stabbed to death and have their throats slashed and O.J. Simpson is in the house, he's the first suspect. Hunter Biden is a crackhead, probably participated in human trafficking and was the bag man collecting the cash. He was the bag man for Joe Biden and Jim Biden and Jill Biden running around the world collecting 40 to $60 million to distribute, and that is what we know about. Normally, finding corruption by the president is the meat and potatoes of the New York Times and CBS and the Washington Post. Well, CBS, to its credit, did one interview 
with Gary Shapley, the IRS agent, the whistleblower. And since then, there's been no other reporting done on it. CBS can say, look, we reported on, on that one time. If it's a Trump difficulty or a Trump accusation, it's front and center for days, weeks, months, and years. If it involves Joe Biden, it is quickly reported and dismissed because they're in the business of electing Joe Biden. And my if, if I probably shouldn't say this, but if if my record was as bad as this White House's record, I'd probably give my staff blow too. I'm I'm only kidding. Well, there you go. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. All I can say is my fellow Americans were in trouble to uh, dissolve the union. Absolutely not. To uh, have some sort of a civil or uncivil war. Absolutely not. I'm an American. I'm proud to be an American. You and I have to fight like warrior poach to make sure that Joe Biden and Kamala Harris and Janet Yellen and, for God's sakes, Nancy Pelosi never get power again through legal means. That's the way it's got to be. You can't have White House uh, with sexual acts <laughs> being committed and buy cocaine, bags of cocaine, uh, laced with bags of cash all over the Situation Room. Uh, to, to me, this is an incredible story, but the media ignores it because it is detrimental to Joe Biden and his re-election. And they're part of the re-elect committee. Let's continue with more. And uh, coming up next is an expert on all matters relative to what happened with Supreme Court decisions. And later on, we have the great attorney, James Bogan. These are sad times, but you and I cannot give up. We must fight like warrior poets and more. Bill Cunningham, the great American, with you every Sunday night. News, traffic, and weather. News Radio 700 WLW, Cincinnati. Kentucky State Police are looking into an officer-involved shooting Sunday afternoon in Covington. With the 1130 report, I'm Sean McCormick. Breaking now, the Kentucky State Police is investigating an officer-involved shooting in Covington, which occurred just before uh, 1230 Sunday afternoon. Police were responding to a call to Glenway Avenue at East 20th Street. An officer then found a suspect and a violent struggle did ensue the officer discharging his duty weapon the male suspect was transported to uc medical center where he was pronounced dead his name hasn't been released as of yet the officer has been placed on administrative leave while the state police conduct its investigation the latest weather from the forecasters at 9 News. Overnight, we're going to see partly cloudy skies. There may be a stray shower or thunderstorm possible, a low of 62. Then Monday, lots of sun, a high of 88. Monday night, mostly clear and a low of 61. And then Tuesday, mostly sunny with a high of 92. The radar is clear right now. It is currently 70 degrees. couple of traffic notes just to mention. Uh, 
the uh, ramp to I-275 East to I-75 South is closed. That is due to some repairs going on right now. And also still the delays of around 30 minutes on I-75 North on in northern Kentucky between 71 and exits 2 and 2B Winchell Avenue. That backup due to the right lane being blocked for emergency repairs on I-71 North before Elm Street. The Reds running into a buzzsaw in Milwaukee Sunday. Wade Miley pitching six strong innings and the bullpen uh, held up as well. Uh, the Brewers scoring a first inning run. The Reds doing quite well on the pitching mound as, uh, as well. And the one nothing win now going into the All-Star break. In the MLB draft, the Reds using seventh overall pick, choosing Wake Forest pitcher Rhett Lauder. The 21-year-old is six foot two, 200 pounds. Our next update is at 12 o'clock. I'm Sean McCormick, News Radio 700, WLW. JeffWeilerHonda.com. Welcome to the good stuff. All right, Billy Cunningham, the great American, about a week or 10 days ago, the U.S. Supreme Court had three big decisions that the liberals went nuts concerning because they didn't control it. And this is more reasons for them to hate Donald Trump because he appointed three of the justices. And one of the big decisions, of course, was affirmative action. Another big decision dealt with the student loan crisis. And uh, everywhere I look, I see opportunities of thoughtful individuals to step forward and say, we have to defend the Constitution, defend individual liberty, et cetera. And, of course, Elaine Parker is the president of the Job Creators Network. Job Creators Network is with us now to discuss that and so much more. Elaine Parker, welcome again to the Bill Cunningham Show. And, Elaine, first of all, uh, tell the American people, if you can, essentially those who weren't paying close attention, what did the U.S. Supreme Court rule about a week or 10 days ago about the student loan debt uh, situation in which the president forgave about $400 billion in monies uh, owed to the Treasury and to banks? What, essentially, what was the uh, decision? Well, essentially, the Supreme Court ruled that the president did not have the authority under the HEROES Act to basically go into a back room and come up with a secret rule that, uh, you know, spent $400 billion in taxpayer money. Um, and he protected the, the Supreme Court, protected our separation of powers and reminded the president once again, this, this may actually be the fourth or fifth time that the Supreme Court has had to remind this president that he does not have unlimited power and he's a co-equal branch of the government. He is not all of the government. Um, and so our legislative, our Congress is, is where this problem needs to be solved. And, and let me be clear. We agree that there's a problem. It's a $1.7 trillion problem that needs to be solved, but it is Congress that needs, needs to do it. And we need to start with holding these colleges and universities accountable for price gouging these students and raising tuition at twice the rate of inflation every year. And the other factor, which is a side matter, we'll get into the essence of this, but in 10 years from now, 15 years from now, the $1.7 trillion is predicted to be closer to $3 trillion, which is going to be owed. You never solve the underlying problem. What you do is have a cancerous tumor, and then you put a Band-Aid on top of the skin and say, okay, that will take care of that. Even if the president, this autocratic president who acts illegally often, but because of his mental lack of acuity, gets in Texas, El Paso, even if he could get his way and uh, spend money out of the Congress, which is illegal, would it solve the long-term problem? In fact, in 10, 15 years, wouldn't we be back to the same place anyway? We will, and we'll probably be back to the same place in much shorter time uh, than, than 10 years. 
um, because if this plan, if this president finds a way to spend taxpayer dollars to forgive student debt instead of solving that underlying problem, it continues to signal to colleges and universities that they can continue selling these students low-value degrees that will not provide them marketable skills to pay back the money and that the government will step in and pay off these loans using taxpayer dollars. And there will be no incentive for these colleges to make the changes that need to be made. And, and what needs to happen, really, and what we're calling for is for bipartisan congressional hearings where they haul in the heads of the top offenders of these colleges, just like they did with the, the heads of the banker of the, of the banks during the financial crisis. Sit them down and let the American people hear how they're going to solve the crisis that they have created. I mean, they pay the president's multi-million dollar salaries, coaches multi-million dollar salaries, they build Taj Mahal resort style amenities across these campuses and they're selling, as I mentioned, low value degree programs that don't provide skills all on the backs of these students. There's no other industry in this country hmm. that gets to raise their prices at this kind of inflationary rate. You know, according to uh, many elements of liberalism, the uh, those who run the oil companies, the, those who uh, run... Uh, uh, other industries like the banks, they're evil. But college administrators are good because that's the factory that produces the Democratic voters of the future. So if you're a college professor or if you're a, if you're a law school dean or if you're the president of Columbia or UCLA or University of Cincinnati or Ohio State, uh, you're part of that stream of liberalism. Do you think politics plays a part in not calling the perpetrators to Congress to justify their existence when they produce the Democratic voters to keep the Congress and senators in power? I, I mean, I think there's certainly some lines to be drawn there. I mean, we know that there's a high level of, of liberalism that's taught in these colleges and yeah. conservative voices are definitely shut out. Um, and there is an army of high-paid administrators that have, have been hired across these campuses. And in some cases, they actually uh, either are, are as many students, they have as many administrators as students or sometimes more. Um, they're very high-paid administrators. And it's just, you know, all the while these colleges are sitting on $700 billion in untaxed endowments. Um, and, and the government, the federal government and the Congress isn't calling them into account. And instead, when you start talking about holding taxpayers accountable as if it's monopoly money, you know, it's, it's outrageous that they don't even bring these colleges to the, these presidents to the table for the discussion. It's just automatically spend taxpayer dollars. You know, and, and thankfully, the Supreme Court stepped in because the reason why the, the president uh, was trying to push this through under the HEROES Act, which was designed to help our men and women who were fighting overseas. It wasn't designed for mass student forgiveness, but he wanted to do it in such an expedient fashion in time for the midterm elections just to pander to one group of voters. And our argument all along has been what about the next group of voters and the next group of student borrowers and the next group? These people are going to have some level of expectation of forgiveness um, because this group gets it instead of just solving the problem. And, and if this president cared at all about them and the debt and the crushing debt that they're under, he would look to solve the problem. Elaine Parker, uh, part of the decision of uh, Chief Justice John Roberts was quoting Nancy Pelosi. 
not exactly a moderate politician, in which Nancy Pelosi, when she was Speaker, said essentially that we can't do this, that, it, it, that, that the president cannot do this. It's up to us to do it. The Congress has to do this. In fact, the president cannot do this. Obama said, I can't do it. And then uh, Nancy Pelosi said the president can't do it, that we must do it in the Congress because it deals with spending money. And, and so one might believe that, assuming Joe Biden has a mind to think at this point, which many question, assuming those around him who made the decision to do this, that uh, the, one of the themes of the Biden administration has been threats to, to democracy. This is a threat to democracy. Every time Republicans or conservatives do something, it's a threat to democracy. Isn't it more... The greatest threat to democracy is having an autocratic leader, a president, who usurps the power of not just the con the Congress but the Supreme Court in order to pass whatever he wants to pass. Now, that's the problem right there. Isn't Biden becoming what he seeks to avoid, which is an autocratic president without control by the courts or by the Congress to do whatever the hell he wants to do? He gets away with it for some reason, unbeknownst to me. And because he's pandering to voters, knowing it's illegal, one of the campaign ads I see right now, Elaine Parker, from some Democratic group, is along the lines that if you reelect Joe Biden, your student loans are going to be paid off, which he knows is a lie. How bad is that? I mean, absolutely. And I don't think he seeks to avoid this. I think that that's what he wants. He is governing through the regulatory state. And that's not how our system was set up. It, it, it was set up for Congress to pass laws and the, and the president to sign them into the legislature and to get input from the American people. Well, I, I mean, I know, I know you know this, but your listeners may not recall, but just a few weeks ago, the Congress spoke in a bipartisan way. They sent a bill to the president's desk. That's the people speaking. Remember that. And the president vetoed it. It was a bill that was going to uh, to basically pull back on this on this uh, uh, student loan bailout before the Supreme Court even ruled. And so the Congress has spoken. And not only that, on, on top of that, Senate Republicans issued a, a group of bills just a few weeks before that, which seeks to actually get to the root of this problem with the universities and colleges and doing a lot of what I talked about just a few minutes ago um, and focusing on the problem. And if the president, again, if the president cared about these student borrowers and if the Democrats in Congress cared about it, they would sit down at the table and examine these bills and see how they can improve them and where they can negotiate on them. But there's absolutely no discussions happening on them. And they're good bills. They're a good foundation to start with. False hope has been created in the minds of young voters that somehow if you vote a particular way for Joe Biden, et cetera, and for Democrats, something illegal will happen, which is someone's going to pay your student loan off or someone's going to take care of it. Uh, talk about the workaround. One of the things I find so objectionable as an attorney is that we have a separation of powers, which is the essence of the federal government. And when you have a president who ignores what the Congress tells him to do in vetoes bills. And then you have a president that says that if the U.S. Supreme Court in a six to three decision says that what I'm doing is illegal, I'll find some other way to do exactly the same thing. Well, how much chaos is caused when the president, the chief executive officer of the nation, who's the chief law enforcement officer, ignores judicial orders and seeks to seeks to create a workaround? 
Yeah, exactly, Bill. Rather than rather than respecting the court's decision, a 6-3 decision, he's promised more executive overreach to forgive the student loan debt. He, he's proposing uh, expanding income-driven repayment plans and, and creating a 12-month grace period. Even though payments are set to restart this fall, it's okay if you don't make a payment. There, you're not going to. There's no penalty for not making a payment, um, and, and and we'll give you 12 months, 12 more months. I mean, it, what we found out during the debt ceiling um, negotiations was that this whole payment pause has caused cost American taxpayers five billion dollars a month for the last three years. It is time to restart these payments. But it's also time to fix the problem, the underlying problem, and that's colleges and universities. And Elaine Parker, one big problem we have today is inflation. And uh, I guess it's somewhat irrelevant because chaos reigns supreme. But to dump $400 billion into the American economy on student loan forgiveness, and it's not forgiveness, it's making someone else pay your debt. Now, nothing is really forgiven. Taxpayers pick up the cost. But nonetheless, to say that you know, having dumped about $5 trillion into the American economy under Trump and Biden, $5 trillion unsupported by productivity, $5 trillion. What's another $400 billion? What does that do to inflation? Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. I mean, it's going to be like gasoline. And, and while we've seen some moderation in the inflation, we are still, um, we are still stuck at sticky inflation. Um, and for 90% of this president's administration, uh, inflation has outpaced wages, which means Americans have only gotten poorer under this president. And, and the interesting thing is, Bill, just to kind of go back to the to the student loan, is he continues to 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 trot out these tired talking points that his student loan bailout is akin to the Paycheck Protection Program, which was a lifeline to small businesses during the COVID pandemic, when governments were forcibly shutting down businesses. Um, it's just a false equivalence, and and so you know it, it, they just want to uh, sort of incite anger amongst these borrowers by making that equivalence. These students took out these loans; they willingly signed up. These small businesses they didn't sign up to be shut down during during the COVID pandemic. It was a lifeline. It was passed through a bipartisan Congress, and it was signed into law by a president. And that is the huge difference between the student loan bailout and the Paycheck Protection Program. Well, the huge difference also is that the Congress passed it. The president signed it. And so in this case, with student loan, the Congress has said to the president, you can't do this. Nancy Pelosi said, you can't do this. McCarthy has said, you can't do this. He does it anyway, then compares it to the PPP in which the businesses did not want to shut down. The businesses kept jobs open, and it was passed by the Congress, signed by the president. That's a little bit different 
than when you have Nancy Pelosi and Kevin McCarthy both telling the executive, you can't do this. Then you have the U.S. Supreme Court tell the president, you can't do this. Then the president says, Joe Biden says, well, even though I can't do it, I'm going to do it anyway. That is chaos. Absolutely. It's, it's like kangaroo court, wild, wild west, whatever you want to call it. But it, it is an administration that is ignoring the rule of law, ignoring our separation of powers and our co-equal branches of government. And and he knows his administration knows that the Paycheck Protection Program was was not only passed through a bipartisan Congress and signed into law the way our laws should be handled, um, but it was meant and used for payroll for employees. It was meant to pay employees and pay the rent of the uh, retail store or whatever business it was and keep the lights on. If, if employers didn't use it for that, it wasn't forgiven. They had to comply with certain rules to get it forgiven. And most of it was to pay their employees so that their employees didn't starve. Unbelievable. And, and there's little analysis. And of course, because the president is not uh, mentally alert. Those around him, the most left-wing part of the Democratic parties, imposing this, coming up with talking points, writing for Joe Biden uh, on teleprompters, words to be expressed. He has no idea what he's saying, and there's nobody in charge. But one thing we should respect is the idea there's a separation of power. And when the Congress and the and the U.S. Supreme Court says you can't do this, and the president says, "Nah, nah, 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 I'm going to do it anyway." Someone has got to say to this executive, even though you're not mentally alert, you've got to follow the law. He'll come up with other ways. It'll take one to three years to get back to the U.S. Supreme Court. Chaos is everywhere, which is why maybe that's why 18 percent of young people, uh, 18 to 30 years old, are, are proud of the United States of America and patriotic because they think it's all a game. It's all a bunch of fools and they're participating in, in some uh, some, some foolishness that the president wants them to think with false hope that I'll take care of you. Then after the election again, you'll be smited down. And if the poor guy gets elected again, he has no idea what he's doing. But uh, Elaine Parker of uh, Jobs Creator Network, once again, thank you for coming on the Bill Cunningham Show. And with your permission, we'll do it again when we have some other silly act committed by the president, ordered to do so by the U.S. Supreme Court, said he can't do it. He does it anyway, and it's all okay. Elaine Parker, thank you very much. Thank you. God bless America. All right, let's continue with more. Bill Cunningham, the great American, live with you every Sunday night. The teacher had said she was daydreaming. Stacy, he is extra sensitive. Billy Cunningham, let's continue. We never stop. We simply continue. Elaine Barker, I mean, Job Creator Network. It, to me, it's an incredible circumstance when the president believes he's fighting against those who wanted to destroy democracy. And at least when it at least has a concerns the forgiveness of $400 billion, which Nancy Pelosi said he cannot do, at least in that and so much more. We have a president who ignores what the United States Supreme Court says he must do. He says, I don't agree with it. I'm going to do workarounds. I'm going to find some other means and method. It'll take one to three more years to get back up there. By then, I'll be reelected. He wants to pay off and buy off those who owe student loans under some false promise that will never be complied with because the U.S. Supreme Court said it is illegal to act in a congressional fashion when you're the president. You've got to execute the laws. You don't make them up. All right, let's continue. And uh, if the line becomes available, you know the routine. 
which is 866-647-7337. Coming up next is a former Antifa activist, Gabriel Nadalis, about our uh, lack of commitment now that what happens to the patriotism of this great country and what happens in celebration of the 4th of July and more. Bill Cunningham, the great American, with you and all other great Americans every Sunday night. When's the last time you checked the legal title to your home? What if your home's title, the document that proves you... L-W. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Woo. by Choice Hotels. Econo Lodge and Roadway Inn Hotels are serving up double points for every qualifying stay. Book at choicehotels.com. Now, here's the man who's been recognized as radio's best. The recipient of not one, but two prestigious Marconi Awards for his broadcast excellence. The one and only, Bill Cunningham. Hi, Billy Cunningham, the great American, coming off the 4th of July long holiday weekend. Uh, we saw once again an outburst of anti-American hate and anger from the radical leftists. It took several forms. Uh, I would note that uh, there was a Star Spangled Banner sung at the Essence Awards in New Orleans in which uh, the person singing the Star Spangled Banner changed the words so that uh, the worst things were expressed about our country over the 4th of July weekend about a week or 10 days ago. Jill Scott's her name. She changed the Oh Say Can You See to include words like whose blood built this land with sweat on their hands, die in peace. This is not the land of the free, but the home of the slaves. I also would note that it is common among uh, many of the radical left in our country, uh, not to, not only not to fly the American flag, but if you're a congressman like uh, Representative Cory Bush of St. Louis, you said during the uh, 4th of July celebration, quote, the Declaration of Independence was written by enslavers and did not recognize black people as human. Today, it is a great day to demand reparations now. And, of course, Ben and Jerry's ice cream that I quit eating years ago talked about uh, chiseling out the Mount Rushmore, uh, literally, and uh, to return the land to, uh, to the Indians. By the way, uh, Ben and Jerry's homes are built on Indian land, but that's a different issue. Gabriel Nadalis is National Director of Our America. He's a former Antifa activist. And Gabe, uh, Gabriel Nadalis, welcome again to the Bill Cunningham Show. We're about a week or so removed from the 4th of July, but nonetheless, it appears that the radical left will use this not as a m moment of celebration, but a moment of hate. So what's going to happen for the 250th anniversary coming up in about three years when we celebrate that great holiday? You know something? It's sad because the you would think when you hear this R&B singer who changed the lyrics, you would think that she's representing a lot of Americans and like a huge portion of them who believe this. But that's just not accurate. But unfortunately, you have this tiny minority of people who are have unfortunately a huge megaphone and they use it to try to uh, savage what the United States is. I mean, you have all these theories who try to say that 
oh, the majority of the, the, the signers of the Declaration of Independence were uh, enslavers. And yeah, sure, that's a factual fact. But then you notice that once you get to the Declaration of um, or to the to the U.S. Constitution, the framers of the U.S. Constitution, a majority of them were actually not slavers. So even back then, within those like a couple, a little bit over a decade from the Fourth of July and in '76 to the Declaration of uh, the, the the Constitution being signed and adopted, you already had a movement away from slavery. And 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 it's one of the things to note also in both. Uh, places at the declaration and as well as the constitution of signage, you had multiple people who were trying and they were to fight against the status quo that was slavery at the time. And they were abolitionists. Among them was Benjamin Franklin. A lot of people don't know this, and this is a little bit of uh, Philadelphia history. Um, but when uh, Benjamin Franklin passed away, there was a line of just like a parade, almost like a parade of like people just who were indebted to him because he fought for against slavery up until his death and death. And, you know, there was like great Americans out there, even at the end of 1976, who were against slavery. But unfortunately, you have this tiny radical minority who wants to focus on some of the sins of the past instead of of looking towards that promise of liberty that we've been striving for ever since. Well, the other thing, Gabriel Nadalis, is that America and Western Europe, specifically England, ended slavery. And uh, the rest of the world did not, including Africa, Asia, South America. Uh, it, it was a terrible institution. It's, it's a blot on our, on our history. It's an awful thing. Unlike other nations, though, we fought to avoid it, and, and we have fought to eliminate it, while other nations, even today in 2023 in July, are still using slavery, and, and it's still said by those other places as human conditions. But in America, we fought to uh, to oppose it, and we have been successful. Well, what are your thoughts on this polling from Gallup and elsewhere? And I find it uh, not surprising because I've done this for a long time. Uh, only 18% of Americans between the ages of, of 18 and 30 consider themselves very patriotic. In other words, 82% do not. If you're a Republican, identify as a Republican, 71% consider themselves patriotic. If you're a Democrat, it's 29%. Well, why is it so acceptable, in a sense, uh, to have ill feelings about your country? Specifically, you're of that group. You were an Antifa activist for a while. You came out of the California education system. And how come so few young Americans respect greatly this nation? Well, I think you said it right there, um, the education system. Unfortunately, one of the things that we've noticed is that the education system has changed even from 10, 20 years ago, let alone 50 years ago. And, of course, some of the older uh, in, among us, they went to a school that, uh, that embraced academic diversity. They embraced the idea that, you know, like you you we could all agree to disagree but more modern education is just indoctrination you have many professors who don't see themselves as academics they see themselves as activists and then the main difference is an academic is somebody who's trying to question and 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 look for truth but an activist thinks they know the truth so they're going to to promote their vision of what they envision that they believe is right and unfortunately, a lot of that vision that's been promoted in college campuses as well as education, uh, K through 12 systems is this hatred of America. That's why you have so many Americans, uh, young Americans who they, it's interesting because it's not that they they hate America. It's just they were so 
fed up with hearing that, oh, America's bad. So they were like, okay, I don't even want to deal with it. They, they, there's really no purpose for us to be, um, uh, be pro-American. So you, what you need to, in order for us to flip that, you really have to have a voices out there that are promoting American values because we have to remember that America is one of the greatest experiments in human history. I mean, before America, there was really no other place that really fought for freedom for the individual. The idea that everybody was, uh, that every single person was um, the master of their own uh, life. You know, everybody always had to be the, the master of, this, of, of a crown or something like that. So I think in order for us to flip that script, it's really to talk about the greatness of America, the, the, the greatness that America ushered in for the rest of the world. As a young person, you came out of the California public education system. What you learned in public education did not make you a Boy Scout. It made you an act, uh, activist with Antifa. What was it about the education you received as a Californian that caused you uh, not to uh, become a Boy Scout but become an Antifa activist? What was it? Well, I mean, there's multiple different examples. I mean, in, in my book, um, Behind the Black Mask, I talk about a few different examples. One of them that I just, I, and you know, it's one of those things when you were young, you don't really notice until you look back and you're like, wow, that is crazy. I had a biology teacher. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to, has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And who, instead of, uh, you know, teaching us about biology, he'd berate what it meant to be um, a Christian. He would say how like our parents were stupid for believing in God, but of course his children weren't stupid because they he was raising them to be atheists. I mean, in ninth grade, I had an English class, which you know I, I really enjoyed that class. But I remember they were teaching us the tenets of basic uh, critical theory, of uh, critical race theory. Uh, I mean, this is the kind of the, the the information that was being promoted on very young levels. And I mean, critical race theory has been in, in, in education for years now. It is a myth that it is not there. It's it's they're very open about trying to promote some of these uh, values and ideas all throughout, not just in higher education, but in K through 12. And in fact, in one of their books, um, Critical Race Theory and Introduction, one of the opening uh, pages, uh, I can't remember the exact quote, but they're praising how how far critical race theory has spread since its humble beginnings in the 1980s and that it's being adopted in education and in and, 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 and many other fields. And the thing I found out, Gabriel Nadal, is interesting, is that the school boards and others can, like, bar its teaching. Schools have become indoctrination and not education. But they can say what they want to say. But the teachers will do what they want to do anyway. It's like... Chaos when when the Supreme Court decision came out about a week or ten days ago, ordering the president uh, not to forgive a student loan or pass on the cost to others. The president in a news conference, Joe Biden, stood up and said he's going to ignore the decision of the U.S. Supreme Court and find other workaround workarounds to to make sure it doesn't have any impact. So when the president says, "I'm ordered to do something," I'm going to ignore that. And I'm going to do something different. That's chaos. And so when a school board or the law, I, I live in Ohio, 
and the General Assembly has passed uh, laws about what cannot be taught in public schools, which includes critical race theory. But I am uh, positive that the teachers themselves ignore that. They do what they do no matter what the law is. So when you're in a class of biology in California and it deals with biology, you're being taught critical race theory, which is racism. And whether is it fair to say that the teachers, when the president of the United States ignores an order from the U.S. Supreme Court, aren't teachers going to teach what they want to teach irrespective of their duty? I mean, unfortunately, that's what we've seen in some different examples. I believe it's been in Florida and in, in a couple other states in which there's some uh, teachers there that are, there was a Zoom call, I remember, um, about in teaching teachers how to teach critical race theory as well as how to uh, subvert the system in a way that uh, they can get away with teaching it. And, you know, it, it, it's sad. And, you know, I'm all for academic diversity. I think that um, in, in the critical race theory is something that should be considered from time to time because it, they sometimes bring up interesting arguments. But it should stay at, in the, at the higher education level, and it should not be taught as, like, some sort of gospel. It should be taught as a, a critique of of things just like any other critique is and you know one of the things that that's great about free speech is that when you get horrible ideas like critical race theory well free speech allows you to uh combat them and really show them for what they truly are which includes the critical race theory is a racist ideology but the problem is that you have all of these teachers and professors who again they're not academics they're activists they use what they believe is right, and they will force it down people's throats. That's what we need to uh, to really hold the line and and really push back against, really, because you people can talk about critical race theory, sure, just don't push it down people's necks. Yeah, talk about it all you want, but it, it can't be part of English or biology. It can't be part of social studies. It, it, it's a theory about the race determines one's success in life. Critical race theory says that white supremacy dominates every part of American societal life and that black folks and brown folks have little or no chance to be successful, even when, for example, in your home state of California, uh, 20 years, and in most states much longer than that, liberal Democrats have been completely in charge. In the city of Chicago, there has not been a Republican mayor in 90 years. It's almost impossible for someone with conservative principles to be elected to any office, whether it's Cincinnati, Ohio, or uh, Atlanta, or Baltimore, or Austin, Texas. There's no chance of different people getting involved because liberal democratic politics control everything. And I found one thing very illustrative, Gabriel Nadalis, a national director of Our America, and that is that if you do three simple things, the odds of you being successful are great. Number one, do not commit criminal acts. Number two, do not have kids out of wedlock. And number three, work. I wonder how many people in America are unsuccessful who work, commit no crimes, and have no kids out of wedlock. What do you think? Are those three pretty simple you, rules? You know, you're, I think your instincts are exactly correct. In fact, there was a study a few years ago, I believe 10 years ago now, uh, at the Brookings Institute, which is a, a left-wing institute, that found that if a person in America is to commit three things, one of them is to, one, find a job and keep a job, two, don't have kids until you're married, and, and, and three, just finish high school. Those three things. The people who they followed doing those three things 
less than 1% of them remain in poverty. And now we're talking about children who were in poverty and they followed them and, and that's it. That's all you really have to do. And I think the, the Finnish high school, there's a strong correlation with not committing crimes, you know. I think that that, that could be inferred. But that study found that's all you really have to do in order to not stay poor in America. And that's a left-wing institute. And I, I, I can't remember the, the exact year of the study, but I remember it sometime in the early 2010s. Isn't that shocking? Think about this. I, I did not find it difficult to graduate from high school. I did not find it difficult to commit no vicious crimes. I didn't find it difficult not to have kids out of wedlock. And I, and I had a job. I've been working since I was 16 years old. And just don't quit. But doesn't that run contrary to critical race theory? Precisely. I mean, because critical race theory believes that there is an institutional damage to that. That's it. the system itself is uh, geared towards benefiting whites at the expense of blacks or or even worse. It specifically wants to keep uh, blacks or Hispanics, brown people, minorities down in order to help uh, white people or like the dominant race. But in fact, that's not really every single person has the, the, the ability to rise away from poverty. And, and according to that Brookings Institute study, really, you just have to do three things. Now, this doesn't mean you're going to be wildly rich by following those three things. No. But if you don't want to live in poverty, it means just finish high school, uh, don't have children until you're married, and find and keep a job. That's Work. all you have to do. Work. And right now, there's about 8 million jobs that cannot be fulfilled. I had some, I had some electrical group in last week from Craftsman Electric, and they're paying for, for young adults to go to electrical school after three years, they pay them to go, they pay them to work in the meantime, and then when you get out, you get a job that pays you $80,000 a year. I would imagine in many parts of our country that's exactly the case. we got to run Gabriel Nadalis, a former Antifa activist. Us by the radical left are not true. Gabriel Nadalis, you're a great American, and once again, thank you for coming on the Bill Cunningham Show, and with your permission, we'll do it again. Thank you, Gabe. Thank you. I appreciate it. Oh, let's, let's continue with more. Rather simple rules. Graduate from high school. Work. And don't have kids out of wedlock. And you're going to make it. Wow. Bill Cunningham, the Grand American, live with you every Sunday night. Fuel. It's one of the biggest expenses of your trucking business. So saving money on it is key to your bottom line. That's why OOIDA has created... The July celebrations last week were, shall we say, canceled. Because it didn't fit. And uh, this was particularly true after those three or four decisions a few days before the 4th of July. And I would point out that in 1954, when Brown v. Board of Education out of Topeka, Kansas, became the law that separate but equal is wrong and that black kids and black folks must be given equal opportunity with everyone else to get a quality public education. There were numerous institutions of higher learning in America that opposed Brown versus Board of Education. In almost every case, those opposing it were Democrats who wanted to keep practicing racism in spite of that 1954 decision. Here we are, what, 60, 69 years later, and the same Democratic Party, whether it was Harvard or Oberlin or Princeton, 
have issued statements saying the same thing, that we oppose this decision by the U.S. Supreme Court getting rid of affirmative action, and that we're going to keep doing it anyway. So Senator J.D. Vance has sent out a message to these uh, individuals who want to cause more chaos by keep practicing discrimination, whether you're the dean of the Berkeley Law School or you're at Stanford or you're at Oberlin or you're at uh, Harvard or Virginia, that uh, you will be fully investigated and held to account for decisions that continue discrimination. And that, that's their policy. We want to continually discriminate in colleges. Stay tuned. Coming up next is Attorney James Bogan. We're going to spend some time with you and I about uh, the uh, parole granted to one of the murderers involved in the Tate uh, LaBianca case in 1969. Bill Cunningham with you every Sunday night. News, traffic, and weather. News Radio 700 WLW, Cincinnati. An officer involved shooting in Covington Sunday. With the 1230 report, I'm Sean McCormick. Breaking now, the Kentucky State Police will be investigating an officer involved shooting in Covington. It occurred Sunday afternoon just before 1230. Police were responding to a call at Glenway Avenue and East 20th Street. An officer found a suspect and the two were violently struggling. And the officer discharged his duty weapon. The male suspect was transported to UC Medical Center, where he was pronounced dead. His name hasn't been released. The officer has been placed on administrative leave while the state police continue its investigation. Now, the latest weather from the forecasters at 9 News. Partly cloudy overnight, maybe a stray shower or thunderstorm possible, a low of 62. Monday, looks like lots of sun and a high of 88. The radar is clear. It's currently 70 degrees. A couple of traffic notes. Uh, the ramp to I-275 East to I-75 South is closed right now due to repairs. Also, the delay on I-75 North in Kentucky is down to about 20 minutes now. A lane closure for emergency repairs is the reason for that slowdown between I-71 and exits 2 and 2B. The Reds losing to Milwaukee Sunday, one to nothing, losing two of three to the series. Still in first place, though, in the NL Central. In the MLB draft, the Reds using the seventh overall pick, choosing Wake Forest pitcher Rhett Lauder. The 21 year old is six foot two, 200 pounds. He also collected, uh, he's a righty. He collected 143 strikeouts against only 24 walks this past season. In the compensatory pick, uh, in the first round, the 38th pick, the Reds selecting LSU's Ty Floyd, a right-handed pitcher. And in the second round was shortstop Sammy Safura out of Walter Panis High School in New York. Our next update is at 1 o'clock. I'm Sean McCormick, News Radio 700, WLW. At Progressive Commercial, we want truckers to know we give a truck about trucker safety and about saving them a truckload on their insurance. We save safe truckers an average of $3,740 a year when they share their ELD data with us just for keeping it safe as truck out there. Get a quote in as little as five minutes at ProgressiveCommercial.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Safe customers based on FMCSA inspections, driving history, and other data for for higher transportation. Not available in all states. Savings not guaranteed. At renewal, driving data could increase or decrease premiums. As a truck driver, I've learned how important road safety is. I know that large trucks need more time and room to stop. 
That's why I always hang back and follow other vehicles at a safe distance. Everyone can help keep our roads safe. Next time you're driving, try to remember to always give trucks extra space when you merge in front of them. Let's all plan to share the road safely. Learn how at www.sharetheroadsafely.gov. Only iHeartRadio gives you access to all of your favorite radio stations. Rover's Morning Glory. It's the Woody Show. Hi, Billy Cunningham, the great American. Of course, uh, news came out a few days ago that the uh, the good governor, I say that uh, tongue firmly planted in my cheek of uh, California, Gavin Newsom, is not going to object to the parole of Leslie Van Houten. And uh, that was a case that, uh, at least in 1969, involving the murder of seven people. And uh, they were followers of Charlie Manson that really uh, scared the crap out of people repeatedly. And now it's come back to haunt us once again. It appears that liberal Democrats love to grant parole or release some of the most vicious murderers imaginable, plus the issues of, uh, of the uh, web designer and also affirmative action and student loan continues to percolate. But joining you and I now is a great criminal defense attorney and a constitutional lawyer, that being James Bogan. And James Bogan, first of all, let's talk a little bit. I had the honor of having on Vincent Bugliosi about 15 or 20 years ago. Uh, he wrote several books. Uh, the one i uh, most fam familiar with is Helter Skelter, 1974. And of course, these murders took place in 1969. I went back online, read parts of the book again. So uh, give me your thoughts on the propriety of, uh, of uh, granting uh, parole to Leslie Van Houten, who's now 73 years old, and uh, exactly what did she do to LaBianca and the other ones? And James Bogan, give me your thoughts on that. Well, for anyone who's on the fence about this or think it might be good that she's rehabilitated and getting out, I would highly suggest they read Vincent Bugliosi's book, Helter Skelter. The preface of the book, he wrote it real simply. He said, this book will scare the hell out of you. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. And it did. Um, I read it, and, and the, the behavior of. Uh, of of those women uh, was really something that you re unbelievable, including Tex Watson and Susie Atkins and Patricia Krenwinkel, Leslie Van Houten for the murders, and each was convicted, and uh, and now at least one of them uh, is going to get out early because after all she is completely free. And when I read what her part in this was awful, what can you tell the American people about that? Well. She held out. They, she took part in the murder of Lino and Rosemary LaBianca, a grocer and his housewife in the L.A. area. She held down Rosemary LaBianca with a pillowcase over her head while the others were stabbing her. And then she joined in the stabbing herself. And then afterwards, they one or more of them took their blood and smeared it on the walls, wrote stuff like Helter Skelter, Rise and Death to Pigs on the walls. So this wasn't simply a uh, a, a killing for a profit or, or for some benefit. 
this was the Helter Skelter came out of the Beatles song, and she participated actively in the murder of those two, participated as a co-conspirator in the Sharon Tate, et cetera, murders. But most importantly, her, her role was central to the murders themselves, correct? Yeah, she took part in the LaBianca murder. She actually wasn't there during the Sharon Tate murders, but Patricia Krenwinkel and Susan Atkins were there. And during the trial, those three, they were treating like it, like it was recess. They were laughing, smirking, just acting like they had no conscience whatsoever. And, and all of them right now, she has convinced uh, the governor who would not object to her release. She's going to get out in the next couple of weeks. And uh, I would not want her living next door to me. It, it, ju it just seems like... Well, whenever a vicious murder takes place, of course you're going to be rehabilitated in prison. But uh, I wonder where the La, La Bianca family goes. The family members she did not kill that are now elderly uh, are very uh, unhappy with this. But it's the way California operates. Uh, on some yeah. of the, uh, and what are, what are your thoughts on that? Then we got to get on to the actually. Uh, here's the thing with parole with parole decisions in California, you can actually appeal that stuff. And the California Court of Appeals found that there was no evidence to support Governor Newsom's conclusions about Ms. Van Houten posing a danger to society and that she offered an inconsistent and inadequate explanation for involvement. And just to underline why he didn't think the Supreme Court would do anything, the state Supreme Court had previously ruled that criminals seeking parole can't be kept locked up solely due to the heinous nature of their crimes. Huh. That's the California Supreme Court. Huh. So, so, so in other words, in this case, when Van Houten held down Rosemary LaBianca with a pillowcase over her head and uh, watched and then stabbed her dozens of times, the U.S. Uh, the the California Supreme Court has said that can't be a factor, no matter how how, how awful, how heinous the act is, that cannot be considered. Yeah, and that's why it underlines my point. Anyone who thinks this might be a good idea, read the book Helter Skelter. And Charlie Manson uh, died in prison. By the way, he's got Cincinnati connections, but he died in prison in 2017 at the age of 83. And by the standard of the California Supreme Court, that meant Charlie Manson might have been eligible for Here, parole. Here's where you have more concern coming down the line, Bill. Patricia Krenwinkle, who's still alive, she's up for parole in November. Susan Atkins died in prison in 2009 of cancer. And then Charles Tex Watson, who carved war, the word war on Lino LaBianca's abdomen, in addition to everything else, he's eligible for parole in 2026. So you would anticipate by that standard, all of them are going to be released. And if Van Houten is released holding uh, down an older woman, a pillowcase over her head, stabbing her numerous times, and uh, more than a dozen times. If that's not cause to keep uh, Leslie Van Houten locked up, the other ones are going to get out. That's, that's my prediction. That's my prediction, too, Bill. Uh, welcome to California. Well, let's talk about uh, some of the uh, web designer case, the free speech case out of Colorado. Colorado passed a law saying that if you're in commerce, you cannot turn down a business or you can't discriminate against anyone uh, based upon race, religion, national origin, all the whole category of offenses. And then also you got the uh, 1964 Civil Rights Act that, that dealt with if you're in public commerce, you can't turn something 
can't turn someone down. Now, this began, of course, when in the South, a black person uh, ha had to use the Green Book and to get around because a black person in the South for decades could not go into a hotel, restaurant, separate drinking fountains, which was awful. But how is the web designer case about free speech not the same as some black uh, family in Tuscaloosa, Alabama in the 1950s unable to get a hotel room? Uh, why is this case different? Well, Bill, the web designer in this case, she stipulated that she will work for all customers based on race. She won't turn anyone away based on race, creed, disability, sexual orientation, or other uh, differences. She will take all comers, would create websites for them, but will not produce content that violates her religious beliefs. And because her websites are very unique in a way that they're her signature, her art, they it's her unique footprint. And when you see her websites, you can say that's hers. And these are very expressive websites. And the court held in this case that the First Amendment prohibits states like Colorado from forcing a website designer to create expressive designs or speaking messages with, with which they disagree. I mean, imagine if a transgender graphic designer in Colorado uh, wanted to expand their business creating websites for LGBTQ advocacy organizations, and the law forces them to create a website for Moms for Liberty. And so the uh, this decision out of Colorado would then allow that, that, that uh, transgender person to say, you know what, I can't be creative, that my creativity is my speech, and, and I'm not going to create something for a political group I disagree with. Therefore, this new Supreme Court decision would let that transgender person do that legally. Yes, and, you know, the court stated that the Colorado statute seeks to force an individual to speak in ways that align with its views but defy their conscience about a matter of major significance, and... The First Amendment envisions the U.S. as a rich and complex place where all persons are free to think and speak as they wish, not as the government demands. So if there's some uh, anti-Second Amendment group who is in the web design business and they want to be creative and they're against Second Amendment rights, if somebody from the NRA would pop up and say, hey, I want you to use your creativity to promote the NRA, that person who's an anti-NRA person, Second Amendment, could say, you know what, I don't want to use my creativity to assist your cause because I disagree with your cause. Before this U.S. Supreme Court decision, that anti-Second Amendment uh, person or group uh, had to provide it or get out of business because of this case. It also gives rights, privileges, and immunities to individuals on all sides of, of the political spectrum. Yes, it does, and that's something the left is purposely ignoring i mean remember this plaintiff she's not turning away gay customers she's only drawing the line at creative at creating expressive content or speech that violates her religious beliefs and so the media and of course liberal groups don't talk about that aspect of it it doesn't fit what they want to do and uh, colorado passed a law saying that this woman had to violate her own personal religious beliefs 
and had to express through the First Amendment and freedom of speech something that she vehemently and re religiously opposed. But most of the hooks to hang the hat on was about freedom of speech, which had a religious component. But, for example, let's say, uh, let's say there's an atheist. Uh, and there are some atheistic Jews. There are some Jews who think the, that the Jesus Christ, in fact, most of it was not the Messiah, and they have a different viewpoint. And uh, that would also protect the rights of that person to work with a Muslim group and vice versa. If a Muslim group did not want to uh, be used in Colorado to create design work for a Jewish organization, now that Muslim person, that Muslim group has the right to do so. Correct. So, all right, let, let's move on to affirmative action, Harvard and, and, and UNC. Uh, that was another about 10 days ago, uh, the uh, U.S. Supreme Court say, case had said that uh, Harvard and UNC could not use as a primary ingredient to selecting individuals based upon race. And uh, give me your take on that and the practical effects, James Bogan, attorney. Well, Harvard and UNC were actually giving applicants points if they were a certain race, like points towards admission, positive points. They were trying to quantify race in some way. And now each application is initially screened. They look at, you know, academic, extracurricular, athletics, stuff like that. But they would also include race and assign a numerical score to it. And the, they expressly stated the goal of the process for the director of admissions is ensuring there is, quote, no dramatic drop off in minority admissions from the prior class. And they had what was called a LOP list, which would factor in things like legacy status, recruited student athletes, financial aid eligibility, and race. And the court held that this admissions program, both admissions programs, because UNC's was very similar violate the Equal Protection Clause of the 14th Amendment. Now, in this case here, strict scrutiny would apply, which means it, it, it has to be used to further a compelling government interest and is narrowly tailored to achieve that government interest. And here are the interests that they cited. They're saying train future leaders, acquire new knowledge based on diverse outlooks, promoting a robust marketplace of ideas, uh, preparing and engaging productive citizens. And these, the court found that these goals were not sufficiently coherent for the purposes of strict scrutiny. They were basically standardless goals, uh, compared to an, ex compared as, a, as opposed to an accepted, uh, separation where you say a state prison would segregate inmates racially to prevent, say, harm which in prisons, we know there are some racial lines drawn. And this court also found that these programs fail to articulate a meaningful connection between the means they employ and the goals they pursue. And they also said the composition of the racial categories were overbroad. Asians, they're, they don't differentiate between South Asians or East Asians, for example. Right. Asians from like Hong Kong, like my mom was from, or from China, or say from India. And they're arbitrary or unrefined categories, like Hispanic is a very broad category, or under-inclusive, there's no Middle Eastern category. And they also found, the First Circuit, when they heard this case, found that Harvard's program actually resulted in fewer Asians. And because it... 
the court ruled here that race may never operate as a stereotype or used as a negative. And with Asians, it was used as a negative because what's the popular perception about Asian students? They're smart. Yeah, they work hard. They work hard. Yeah. I mean, and then you have admissions program. They said the admissions program lack a logical endpoint and and basically outright racial balancing that's unconstitutional at the same time though the court did say that schools can still consider how an applicant's race has affected their life as a qualitative factor so i mean if say my mom when she immigrated here from hong kong to work her way through college if she had written a story about how she didn't grow up with a lot of means and you know was work going to work her way through school and came here with no connections, then yeah, then that could be used as a qualitative factor. And in fact, uh, the polling is indicated. Of course, polling should have no impact whatsoever on constitutional rights because constitutional rights aren't up for debate. But the polling has clearly indicated over the past ten days that uh, the decision of the U.S. Supreme Court is very popular with the American people, whether it's affirmative action or the student loan bailout, which transfers the right to pay duty to pay to others, or, or the so-called web design of free speech case. Most of the American people support what the U.S. Supreme Court has said, but in reality, the mainstream media doesn't like it whatsoever. James Bogan, once again, up against the clock. Thanks for giving, giving us your opinion, but... Uh, I also would note that there's a story today on Fox that 50 Cent, the great rapper, 50 Cent, says Los Angeles is finished. An online rant after zero bail policy reinstated. He said that on he said that on uh, Friday night. And so California is going to have a no bail policy. California is letting go the murderers of those seven Tate LaBianca victims. And California right now is in serious difficulty. James Bogan got to run, but once again. Yeah, thanks for your insight, and thank you for coming on the Bill Cunningham Show. Thank you, James. Thanks, Bill. Always a privilege. God bless you. All right, let's continue with more. You know, when you deal with that guy, you get the facts and get the law. So let's continue with more. If a line becomes available, 866-647-7337. Bill Cunningham, the great American, live with you every Sunday night. This- that uh, this is right now the hottest year in, in the Earth's history, which is a bunch of B.S., Hopefully that'll be the case, but uh, one cannot continue to practice racism in America today. Somehow, some way, it must stop. You can't end race discrimination by keeping its practice in place. Can't do it. And many of the same educational institutions in 1954 that uh, oppose Brown versus Board of Education, separate but equal, is out. And that you got to give black kids a quality education, which I fully support. Guess what? Some of those same institutions now do workarounds not to comply with U.S. Supreme Court decisions, led, of course, by one Joe Biden, who wants to ignore Supreme Court decisions. Bill Cunningham with you every Sunday night. As central banks and country. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. 
That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.